Welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm Tracy Benson, your host. Join us each session for a deep dive of real talk and inspiring interviews with conscious, awakened souls who are realizing epic fulfillment by living on purpose, with intention, and in alignment. Come find out how they have created their life to be this epic, fulfilling experience. I'm a lifestyle coach, an entrepreneur, a speaker, personal development junkie, and most of all, your host for this epic journey where you can also learn how to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. See you on the other side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Joyful Souls Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Benson. In this episode, in real time, it is May 4th, 2020, and we're still in the midst of a global pandemic. Well, today's topic is related to some things that I've been encountering with a lot of my clients, my coaching clients, as well as friends and colleagues during this particular time. And it's that some relationships are struggling. We have a lot of extra stress financial-wise for a lot of people, uncertainty, which breeds fear, and just the general not knowing what's going to happen when this is going to end here in the United States and around the world, although in some places I think they are seeing the end of it. And so there's this lingering, I want to call it, you know, just concern for people. And it seems to be adding stress and strife to their relationships, as you would think it would, right? Whenever we have extra stresses, we tend to take it out on the people closest to us. And I know that's so counterintuitive that we should be bonding together, but I think it's because we feel safe with the people we love most, right? That they're going to love us back no matter what we say or do. And so the largest Google search recently was, can I get divorced on Zoom? So that tells you how stressed people are with their relationships. And I don't just find it with, with significant others, spouses, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, intimate type relationships. I'm hearing about it in friendships where roommates live together and now they're stuck at home together 24-7 pretty much. Or families who are normally out, you know, kids are at school, mom and dad, or just mom or dad is at work, and maybe there's a multi-generational household there. And so we have all this stuff centered around, there's really nowhere to go, nothing to do. I mean, we might go outside and and take a walk or that kind of thing, but we're not doing our normal activity and we're together this long stretch of time. And so, like I said, I've been getting a lot of calls about it and I've been doing a lot of coaching on the subject and I thought, you know, it's time to bring it to the podcast. Let me give you some tools and tips and strategies to ease some of this for you. Now, the first one is, is we need to get perspective. In other words, when we get irritated, stressed, we know we're snappy, especially with the people we love most. We need to take some pause. 
In other words, when you feel it coming on, and we always do, you know, if we're aware at all. So I want you to bring your awareness to forefront and really pay attention to the signs. And you might have to write them down a few times after you get irritated. And whether you say something to the person or not, it's not about necessarily whether you had a fight or not, although that is what is ensuing with a lot of people. Some people stuff that in and then it's going to come out later, which is not good either. So let's recognize when things are bothering us. And before we say things or do things, we regret. So the first thing is recognizing it. Now, the first few times, you're probably not going to recognize it. But if you start watching your pattern, you will. And then after the fact, you're still going to make some mistakes. We're human. We all do it. We all act short or say something we don't say or mean. Even occasionally, if you're, you know, super personally developed where you have all the tools and the strategies and you've been using them for years, you're still going to make a mistake once in a while. So the second thing is after being aware, let's not beat ourselves up about it. Let's take it in perspective for what it is. We've got some fear, we've got some stress, maybe some financial things going on, or maybe you don't even have any of those necessarily, but just this close proximity is not what you're used to. And everything, the people in your house, your partner, your kids, it annoys you. So we have to get some perspective first and realize it's the advent of the events. It's not the people that we love or that we're roommates with. It's not them. And they're probably having the same stress with you. It's you. We have to take personal responsibility for our response, our action, our inaction, whatever it is. Now, does that mean when somebody is mean to you, what you consider mean or rude or yells at you or snaps at you, that they don't have responsibility? Yes, they do. But you have responsibility for how you act or react, you know, or speak to them in the first place. So just because someone does it to you doesn't make it right to do it to them. In other words, just like your mama told you long ago, two wrongs don't make a right. So let's first be aware. And like I said, you might have to start after you have an incident where you either get irritated or you snap at someone close to you. And this can go anytime. It doesn't have to be during the pandemic. This is applicable anytime, but I think it's more applicable right now because people are getting a lot more irritated with each other. So you're going to be first aware. And then once you're aware and you see your escalation in your pattern, you're going to pattern interrupt. So pattern interrupt just means you're going to do something different to stop that thought process that's escalating and those physical symptoms. Now, it can be as simple as, you know, stopping and doing Tim jumping jacks or turning on some music and dancing or reading a poem, or an excerpt of a book, or doing laugh yoga. Look that up if you haven't seen it. Laugh yoga, because when you're laughing, you can't be angry. And you'll also help the other person, because if you do laugh yoga and you're laughing hysterically, they will start laughing, and all those good endorphins will flood your body, and you will immediately be out of whatever it was. 
Then you have to recognize that unless this has been going on forever with you anyway, this is a product of these close quarters and it's no one's fault. It's not your fault. It's not your partner's fault. It's just what is. So knowing that it is what is, and there's no control over it, we have to take control over ourselves because we have control over what we think, how we react, what we feel. No one makes us feel any anything. You make yourself feel things. And feelings are emotions and emotions have motion. So that's why I say to pattern interrupt, the best pattern interrupt I find when I'm physically like, you know, agitated because agitation for me is not only like a mental thing, it's also a physical thing. I can feel it in my body. So if you can feel it in your body too, then a physical pattern interrupt is awesome. Even just spinning three times and patting yourself on the head while you're doing it to break the chain, the cycle. So then you can go, okay, I was getting agitated just because I feel I'm having this angst about being trapped in the house all the time, not being able to do what I need to do. Maybe it's around money, whatever it is. Then you can recognize it, label it, and redefine it for yourself in the fact that you can find a way to like redescribe reprogram yourself that something like this means something different. So let's give you an example. I'm having this issue with my significant other and we've been in the house now for 45 days or 60 days together and they're driving me bonkers. And I know it's not really them. It's really me because I'm in charge of my feelings and all that goes with it, my actions, my reactions. But I'm having trouble keeping myself from going to those places where I snap or react over something silly, which is usually typically a small thing when you look back on it, that you go, why was I so upset about that? So I have to give myself something else. I need to change the language and the meaning around these things. And I need to change my focus because whatever we focus on expands. So if Everything my spouse is doing is, or significant other or family member or roommate is doing is making me crazy. I'm focusing on that and it's escalating. And that's why you get to the pattern of either a fight or you shut down or you say curt words or you, you know, say something mean or off the cuff and you do regret it later, right? So, First, we pattern interrupt, and then we find something else to focus on. So if we have a project we can do in the house, I've done a ton of projects during my downtime that we've had that we're, you know, we normally would go out to dinner and do different things. That's downtime for me now. So, you know, I've been focusing on projects, some of them that we do together, some of them that I do myself to give myself that solo time. So maybe you need to put headphones in and listen to an audible book or some music. And I'm going to tell you for this particular circumstance, the book Loving What Is by Byron Katie is an excellent choice. Because her work, it's called the work when you do it, the four questions that you ask yourself just redirects then the focus back on you 
and not the person that you're annoyed with, you know, and it doesn't just apply to being annoyed, but it's a beautiful study in how to redirect and redirect your focus and ask yourself the right questions to realize that what you're saying about this person, the situation is not really true. It's your perception and your feeling based on where you are right now. And your personal stuff has nothing to do with them or the situation. So that's a beautiful book, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, one of my all-time favorites. So I highly suggest you get that. You can get that on Audible and start listening to it. Another thing you can do to shift your person is meditation is very, very good. Now, if you've never meditated before, that's okay. There are guided meditations online everywhere. And I suggest you start with a short one the first time. You get yourself in a quiet room by yourself, which I know might be difficult. Maybe you need to go into the tub and take a soak and close the door and turn it on in there and put headphones in so that you can just be with yourself. And that meditation, that clearing the mind and that bringing yourself back to center and peace is really good for it. And you might have to do it quite often right now. You know, the old adage when they used to say, I don't know if your mom ever said this to you, but when I was a kid and she could tell I was getting angry about something, she'd say, Tracy, count to 10 slowly. And of course, when you're angry, you want to count really fast, but then she'd just keep telling me you need to slow down, do it again. And taking some breaths and that kind of thing always worked. Another thing, if you want to get breath work done, go to John Crimi, J-O-N-C-R-I-M-I. He does great breath work and breath work can bring you peace and bring your body back to center too. I highly recommend it. I do breath work every single day as well as meditation, part of my rituals to keep myself focused and well. And I will tell you, my husband and I are having some stress now, and we've always worked together. However, we've always had things that we've done, some socially alone, more like, you know, he goes out with his guys and plays golf, or, you know, I go out with the girls for brunch, or what have you, and that's just not happening now. And we also do things together out socially, So, you know, it's not just him and I, or sometimes it's just him and I, but we're out and about, not stuck in the same situation. And I I tell you this because I used to not have great relationships. I didn't really understand the dynamic and I always centered everything around me and how people made me feel until I did a lot of work and study and realized no one was making me feel anything. I was making myself feel something. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have responsibility if they didn't say something mean to you or, you know, did something that you considered mean, however you want to look at it. It doesn't negate their responsibility, but they didn't make you feel anything. You allowed yourself to take that, focus on it in that way and bring that meaning to it. We bring meaning to the things that happen to us. The other person doesn't give us the meaning because in their brain, the meaning for what just happened is very different. And so we have to be mindful that we all have responsibility 
for everything we do, but especially in those circumstances, because that's a common thread for most people. I hear it all the time in my coaching work. Well, they made me feel like this. They made me do this. They just constantly, and it's not, they're not bad people. I was never a bad person. I was just a human that didn't know different. Now I know different. And so I do differently. Now, does that mean I do it all the time? Does that mean I never snap at my my husband? Does that mean I'm perfect? No, heavens no, none of us are. That's an illusion. Perfection is an illusion, but you can have a great relationship and still make mistakes. And here's another tip for you if you're a couple. Well, even if you're not a couple, I don't care whether you're a couple or not. If you're friends, if you're family, play this game right now. Anytime you either somebody is starting to get angry or curt or shut down or whatever it is that's unpleasant that's going on between the two of you or the group of you, if it's a whole family living at home, having stress, the first one to apologize wins. Did you hear that? The first one to apologize wins. In other words, you make a contest within your home. Maybe it's who gets to pick dinner, who gets to pick what we want, what we watch. Somebody gets to pick the board game we play next. You know, if you have finances available, you know, maybe you're doing a money jar. Everybody has a money jar and every time they win, money gets put in their jar. So... And that works in a myriad of ways because if you get focused on that contest, anytime you see that escalation, you're going to run to apologize. And now, does that mean you did anything particularly necessarily wrong? No. But you did have responsibility in whatever went on in the house because everybody does. If you're a party to the conversation, you have responsibility. Or party to the action or inaction, you have responsibility. And it never hurts to authentically apologize. And you may not be apologizing for, you know, maybe it's the other person that you just said, you know, can we have lasagna for dinner? And they went ballistic because <laughs> they didn't want to make lasagna because they just, they're stressed or whatever, you know, it can be something as simple as that. But you can just apologize wholeheartedly saying that I love you and I, I never intended for that outcome with you by saying that. What a simple thing, right? And it's something we need to learn in life as well. I grew up in a family where apologies weren't given very often. So I didn't even know what that looked like until I got older. And I'll be honest, I'll be blatantly honest, I had trouble apologizing. I still do sometimes, especially with my husband, because that's the example my parents set. Now, is that their fault? No. You do what you learn until you know better. However, I know better. But sometimes I still fall in that pattern where I don't want to apologize and I need to. So don't feel upset if you miss it, but this game will help you get better at that. And I will tell you in life, especially in intimate relationships, the couples that apologize the most to each other, regardless of the circumstance, have a healthier, more dynamic relationship full of polarity and more passion than those who don't. And it's simply because when somebody wholeheartedly apologizes to you, we should never expect anyone to be perfect because we're not. 
it reverses some of that, I'm going to call it damage that was done by whatever was said that we took wrong or did wrong, or maybe it was even said purposely in the wrong way, because we'll do that too. Sometimes we say the worst things to the people we love the most. It just shifts things for you. And pretty soon there's less of that. There's less of need for apologizing because you come to a place in your relationship where you both feel loved and respected and honored. And that can go with family members too, with children, with your parents, even if you're an adult, siblings, all of that. You would be amazed at how that simple thing will shift a relationship. And then the other thing that I'm going to suggest right now because of this time is even though we're stuck at home, you need to find a way to have some fun. And there are simple things you can do. Play Twister. And if you don't have the game, you can make it. Get some, you know, paper or whatever and have the kids color the different squares and, you know, put it outside on your patio and do Twister out there or even on the grass. And I know it might move. You might have to put tape. If you're on the patio, you can certainly tape it down get another board game, play, have a karaoke day where you don't have to have a microphone. You just sing. You know, if your kids love video games, play it with them. If your husband loves video games, play it with them. And husbands, if your wives love girly movies and you hate them, suck it up and watch it with them. And you don't even have to watch the movie Watch the joy and the happiness on your wife just watching her movie, even if it's one that makes her cry. And that should be enough for you to want to do it for her again. And women, I know there's no sports on right now much except reruns, but if your husband wants to watch his football team that won the Super Bowl in 1984, And, you know, you can find it online or he has it recorded somewhere. Watch it with him and be genuinely interested and interested in his pleasure watching it. Do things for each other. Go out of the way. Gentlemen, open the door for your wife, even if going into the bedroom. Go outside if you can't. You can't go to the floor shop, but you can pick him up the thing. Get a small bouquet of flowers. It doesn't have to be fancy. Or if you live near somewhere where there are flowers, you have flowers in your yard, go and pick them, put them in a vase and hand them to her. Women take interest in what your husbands are interested in. That is the biggest fault I see in most couples. And I say fault because they both are like, you know, I don't like that, so I'm not going to do that. They can do it themselves. And I have found from study and my personal experience and I have quite a bit of it being 57, that my best relationship has come from giving instead of wanting what I wanted. Because I have learned that when I give unconditionally and do for my honey things that he would like as far as like I learned to golf so we can golf together. I learned to play video games, the kind he likes so that we can play. I actually was a gamer back in the day, the old Pac-Man, Galaga, all of that. But I learned to love football because he loves football. 
I watch sports with him on TV and I don't complain about it. It does no good to say you'll do it and then sit there and complain about it. And that goes for men too. If you're going to agree to watch a movie that your wife would love or your girlfriend or your significant other, you know, your partner, whoever you are, if it's a male, male relationship, female, female, male, female, doesn't matter. Do the things that they want and be the first one. If you're in a relationship where neither of you give in like that, be the first one. Be the one that leads the way. Because I will tell you, love, unconditional love, true giving will be reciprocated. And another thing, the last thing to leave you with is that we do need to have conversation when we're not angry. So let's say we just had a big blow up and we apologize, but we're still angry. We need to come back to it and have conversation around what happened so both parties can understand and you can understand what their perception was and they can understand what your perception was so that you can let it go and it doesn't stay there for the next fight so that you can bring it back up again. And that's more often women that do that. I'm going to say in my experience that, you know, we're like elephants. We don't forget anything. And we tend not to let our men forget it. That is for sure. And that is certain death for a relationship long-term. We have to let go of what's in the past and move forward in a positive manner so that we can reap all the benefits from a truly beautiful, fulfilling relationship. And I guarantee you, it's there for you. It's a little work. Sometimes it's a lot of work. But I will tell you from personal experience, when you get to that place, you never want to go back the way it was. All right, guys, I hope you have just the most beautiful rest of your day. And I will see you soon in the next episode. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Joyful Souls Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at tracybenson at joyfulsouls.com. Thanks ever so much for listening and have a beautiful day.